living a happy life isn't waiting for to feel happy. It's living is a really active thing that you can take charge of. And by doing things that you're proud of and living with a certain level of integrity, that's how you can say, okay, like no matter how Emil said, the chaos around me, I can still be happy because I know I'm doing the right things and I can be proud of myself. And that proud gives me peace of mind. And that peace, like Naval said, like peace is happiness at rest, basically. It's kind of that. Welcome to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. How to build the emotional fortitude to win in life and in business. No fluff, just real world results. I'm your host, Itamar Morani, ex-Israeli Special Forces, former undercover agent, Jiu-Jitsu black belt, and mindset expert. Welcome to today's podcast, everyone. Today, we have Max Herden with us. Max is one of my former 101 clients from back in 2020 and 2021. He is also a very serial entrepreneur. He has an eight-figure agency that's very successful, Megaphone Australia, UK, and I think the US now. And he's also the head of the YouTube channel. He has Max's monthly challenge and just the stuff he does in general about business. Great guy, great stuff. And we also here with Emil. And a kind of funny story to start us off. Emil was the one that actually connected between me and Max. And this oh, was long. Yeah, don't you remember that? That was long before you were part of the program or the onboarding that Max, you posted in some Facebook group that I was not a part of. Hey, I'm looking for someone to help me with some stuff. And Emil, you were suggesting me. And that's kind of how it went from there. That's how me and Max connected. And we've gone the full circle. Awesome. We have. All right. So first off, welcome, Max. And thank you for being here, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Cool. Yeah. All right. So the idea for this podcast come, came about because you created a, a video for YouTube. that was very interesting about your experience with different coaches and what worked for you and what didn't. And we also have a link for this in the show notes somewhere. And I wanted to kind of talk about some of the stuff because some of it was very interesting. And it said that you said about how when our coaching process it kind of changed some of your dynamics. You were already doing very, very well. And it helped you kind of also change some dynamics to be more intentional about how you want it to succeed. Would that be accurate? Definitely. Great. So the first thing I want to really bring up is talking about starting things from a more intentional place, not from a day-to-day what I want to accomplish, but from a higher level. And I would love for you just to share your opinion on this and how it started, how it worked, and what you found value from this. From, working, from us working together? No, from the from you deconstructing, because okay. up until then, correct me if I'm wrong, you were going about things like, okay, how can I be really, really efficient and do some things? Gotcha. And then you kind of took a step back and said, okay, what do I want to do from a high level? Gotcha. Yeah, I think um, I, I think that having a mission that you're focusing on is incredibly impactful. And so I think it's like the spice of life. I think uh, motivation trumps tactics and I think if you find a mission that you can stick to for a really long time, then you get the power of compounding. And compounding is like, you know, one of the eighth wonders of the world, as Warren Buffett says. And so, but the problem with um, the wrong goal is it might get you where you want to go. But if it's not aligned to your long-term values, your identities, the people that you admire, all these things, then ultimately you're going to achieve that goal. And then you might go in a different direction and a different direction. And so the more intentionality that you can bring to your long-term vision, your mission, and then making sure that ties into the person that you want to be. And then finally into like your five-year goals, your one-year goals, your weekly habits and everything like that, then you can take power of compounding. And, and I think the sooner that you can get that, even if it's a step backwards in the short term, in the long run, in 10 years time, when you get the power of compounding, it's such an advantage. That's interesting that you said that. It's a short, it's a step backwards. Do you think that's what 
perhaps that stopped you from doing that earlier? I think I had a clear uh, goal in my 20s and it was like to achieve financial freedom by the time I was 30. Um, And that was my exciting mission. Um, That never could go past 30. So it was always going to be a a limited expiring goal. But it felt really important to me because it felt like that was a catalyst to create change in the world and to have freedom to be and express uh, myself in the way that I want in the world. So it felt uh, like the mission felt really important. But um, and, and I'm, I'm happy that I got there, but then I think once I was achieving that goal and I could see that, that it was around the corner, then the next step was, well, what, what's next, you know? And I, I feel like I, and probably a lot of people, probably a lot of people that listen to this podcast, like if they know what to do, like they want to know what to do so they can just run towards it because it's, you can have energy. You can be like, I want to like make something of my life, but it can be hard to actually figure out what to do. And so I think like that was the thing that I was struggling with when we started working together which was, I was like, well, let me just double what we did last year and let's like try to like lift more weight and let's, um, and like the goals were so arbitrary. I was like, let me just find something to put on the board. But I, it didn't make sense. It didn't connect to a long-term mission. And so I just wasn't like, it, 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 it was starting to, I, missions were starting to form, but they weren't like of that deep resonance. And so that was the thing that I think, you know, you know we uncovered together and, and now it's something that I think is so important. Yeah, I think I just, it's interesting. Go for it, Amit. I, I was just going to say, because, you know, I'm kind of coming in from the outside a little bit into this kind of interaction because you guys did one to one. And just remind me, what was the question that you asked when I connected you guys? Like, what was it that you were actually looking for? Can you remember? I think um, I was at a point where, you know, from listening to so many successful people, I, I know that coaching is like a powerful Thing that all the best people in the world have so i was like aware that coaches were useful and then i was like wondering if i could feel i guess more unstuck i think at around 29 30 i was like incredibly happy as a 27 year old 28 year old and then as i started to achieve what i wanted i actually started to feel depressed in some way because i didn't have like a mission and so i think that that's what i was really looking for um i, I might have framed it in a different way um but i think deep down that's what i was like hoping to find and isamar was that what like you when you guys first connected is that what you kind of what what came to you i'm just as trying to put what, the picture together as in that, saying that's what came what, to me as far as what the gap was well yeah what what uh, max came to you saying hey this is the the initial problem i mean we're going to dig deep into it but was that like yeah. the surface level hey i want help with this Yes, but not in, I I wasn't able to perceive it in such a clear way. So what I saw in front of me the first time we talked, I remember he was in a, you were literally walking on your walking desk, like a treadmill underneath the desk. And it was very clear. Okay. This is a very high performing individual. He's already very successful and he wants to go to the next level. He's just not sure kind of what it meant. But like, that's what I I heard from you. It wasn't really clear. Like, oh, I've kind of lost my mission so far. I've surpassed it. It's kind of astronaut syndrome, as they say. That wasn't crystal clear to me, but it was very clear that he wanted to, he was already doing really well and he was open to getting better. That was very, very clear. And what I thought was that he wasn't really clear on exactly what that meant. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And then this, I think the rest of the story continues from here now. Yeah. I kind of want to take it back though a second, because what Max said there was very interesting. 
I think a lot of people, they don't actually make the effort to stop and figure out what their mission is instead of just doing more things because that requires a certain amount of time where you're in an uncertain phase. There's some time where you don't know exactly what to do. And that lack of certainty really jolts a lot of people. It's like, you have to sit without this comfort for a while while you're searching and not just being able to like, how Max said, like strap onto something, get motivated and go. And I think that's what most people are not willing to do is to sit without discomfort and recognize maybe it's okay for me to actually sit here, especially with like Max, with your situation where you already gotten yourself to a financial vantage point where that was valid. It wasn't like you were struggling and had to do something. And I think most people deny them that opportunity to see further because they're not willing to sit without discomfort. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So Max, like walk us through, man. What was it that you figured out for yourself back then? And what is it right now, man? The high level thing of what you want to accomplish? I mean, I guess a key thing is I need a mission. And, you know, something that's really stuck with me is picking a mission that you can be like, doing for 20 years and it can still resonate and so i don't know if i had fully nailed it uh, at the end of us working but i you know but we had like a mission statement you know live every day with integrity and produce an output that i admire was like my mission statement and that was something that i could start to think okay cool does this like does this company does it actually align to this cool i want to start like a personal training business with my pt or i want to you know do a uh uh a PA business for people in LA. Like, I've, you know, I've always got a business idea. But then the question yeah. is, does this align to like, you know, I look at who, part of my exercise is like, who do I admire? Like, what are the consistent traits about them? What is like my mission state as a person? What are my values? And then like, is this, even though this is fun and energizing. And so where I landed is um, I want to um, basically incubate mission-driven companies and use my personal brand to, to um, attract really high quality talent, money and customers. And so potentially every year off the back of a brand, you know, build a community of people that are inspired, like either entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs that want to build mission driven companies that believe entrepreneurship can change the world, share the knowledge that I get from building companies. And then every year launch a company and say, hey, I need an operator to run this. Hey, we need a first employee. We need some customers, we need some money. And then use the channel as a way to like build in public, um, build things that matter. That was kind of the mission. And why I like that is it ties into, um, you know, my ideas of like, I like sharing ideas. I like to be philosophical. Um, I like to have my ideas challenged in the public domain. I love building companies. I have more energy, like I constantly am thinking of business ideas. Um, I want to be mission driven. Um, it, it just aligned to a lot of things that kind of resonated with me. So that's where it's at currently. It might evolve, it might change, but that's found that's found a place where I'm like, that feels pretty good. Like I, I can say that I'm like, I actually like, don't like uh, shudder when I say my mission, you know? I'm like, that actually feels pretty good. Like, um, and so now I got to figure out if I can execute on it. That's dope, man. Would it be accurate to say, cause it's interesting, cause from what I'm hearing, you have two missions. You have two, let's call it main desires. You have the internal man, like the internal mission, which is how you said to live every day uh, with full integrity and produce a level of output you admire, which by the way, mm -hmm. we've used as an example in the arena and a lot of people have gravitated towards that. I think a couple of people have emulated your mission, your internal one. Love it. And yeah, and then you're saying this external thing, that's an external manifestation of that. So which is interesting. You're saying first off, like you lock in the internal thing and then that enables you to clarify what the external thing is. 
where in your 20s, it was primarily an external thing. And that's why you were, you outlived it, basically. You outgrew it. Because it was just an external thing that once accomplished the tick, the financial freedom, it's like, okay, I'm kind of lost. What now? But this is an internal one that you can latch onto various external vehicles, so to speak. Would that be accurate? Yes. And, and just as a random thought, I do look to people that are within their first business and they're, and it's not, it's infinite, you know, the business and the mission that they're generating. And I do think that these people have the opportunity to go so much further. You know, I'm not unhappy that I had that financial freedom goal. Um, and it, and it now has enabled me to do more of what I like, but I wonder if I had done this work and had been clearer on these things sooner, um, where that could have led me. Yeah, so you're basically saying that if you have an internal mission, there's no real ceiling to it. But if you have an external thing, then you kind of you're basically putting a ceiling down onto yourself. Is that yep. correct? Yep. That. I mean, I feel like concept, you want to jump in. Yeah, well, I mean, it, I was going to jump in earlier, but it's relevant now as well. Um, that concept which you describe, where people often have an initial mission, which is potentially external is relatively well documented they talk about it in the way of the superior man where they say you you kind of achieve something and then you have this lost period and actually what you need to do is allow it to happen allow it to be you need to embrace it and not try and fill it with bullshit and they also talk about it in uh second mountain exactly the same you you climb the first mountain which is some sort of material thing some sort of arbitrary external validation thing maybe and then as you mature, you kind of come down. And then a lot of people have this kind of crisis in this point before they discover their second mountain. Potentially, the first one is much more external, as we've described. And then the second one has both this uh, internal and external, call it values and goal, call it maybe process and outcome goals. Um, and as Itamar said, the process then lives on because you can always live with integrity and a level of uh, production that you're proud of. So that, that will maybe even outlast uh, the external goal. Yeah, definitely. I do, this is my take, and I do think there is a necessity for that first mountain to be external from a pragmatic perspective. It's documented, you know I, mean? it's like, I think so. No, I think, but there's an, like, it's, it's not the right way to go about it. Like how I think it's the right thing first to get like a certain kind of like it's called financial freedom or whatever it may be. And I think this, most people get stuck there. I do think it's the most pragmatic thing to do because first you get that, you get a higher vantage point. Then you have the more freedom, freedom of mind, freedom of resources, whatever to be, to think bigger and longer. But I do think it's like it's, it's both are necessary. I think most people just get stuck in phase one. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I would agree. I think, I think a couple of things. So one is like on my way to achieving one, I still have to find mission to make it meaningful. And our mission internally for Megaphone is to be the best place in Australia to work because I just desperately didn't want a job and now I'm giving all these people a job and I just want them to like be super happy and growth means more people that we can give ideally the best job of their life. And we like measure culture analytics and it's something that I genuinely am really proud of. And uh, I, I think it gives the company more like heart and soul to what we're doing. But I wonder if, um, you know, I look at like someone that, that we all know, Rian, and um, I wonder like, can you achieve both things at the same time? Um, can you find a company that gives you, you know, it elevates you out of, you know, whatever it is, like to some level of freedom, but it also is aligned to a longer term mission. Um, and I wonder if, you know, business one, I had thought deeper about this thing, I could have maybe built the personal brand alongside it, for example, 
or you know i could have been a few steps ahead which would have allowed me to like leverage what we were doing potentially a little bit more so i could have done both things at the same time and so i, I agree that level one still needs to be achieved but i think it can be done in the way of level two yeah. uh, and i think if you do that then that's that's pretty powerful yeah it's a great point it's a great i would point. add to that if you were to look you know dig deep with rian for example on a podcast or similar he probably had that initial external mission but it was all within one business it was maybe to become coo of uh that business and then he managed to come off the second off the first mountain and then found this internal purpose because a business is an arbitrary uh, container agree. right it doesn't have to be one business per mountain kind of thing so yeah i think if you examined it you'd probably see the same pattern and, yeah. and i also think that like you know if you look at mark zuckerberg did he know that he wanted to connect all of humanity with facebook or was it just an opportunity and like he thought it was cool and he was a programmer like it's probably like 97 percent likely that it was the second scenario and so a lot of people, I think the Google guys, like they tried to sell their company straight away. They tried to sell it to like Yahoo for like 100K and they didn't want it. So it's not like they had like a 50 year vision <laughs> to become the biggest company in the world. It's accidental often that it happens to align to your second mountain. But I think that the people that listen to this or um, if you can tick both boxes sooner, then there's something pretty impactful and powerful that can happen. Yeah. I mean, I can share from my personal experience building this business that the first goal, I literally had the conversation with a couple of people, they interviewed me for some community and they asked me, like, when you built a business, what was the mission? And I was like, my wife was about to get pregnant and we needed to make a lot of money to support that. That was the mission, truthfully. <laughs> but like, yeah. as soon as that came about, then we were able to like grow beyond that. Okay, this I can think beyond my own survival, like my first circle, so to speak, and my family, and then really think about the bigger mission, have that freedom to do it. And now I like to help a lot of people with this and all that. But honestly, first, it was that. That was the first mountain. And it was great because I was able to do it in a way that aligned towards me immediately going into a different direction, like in a better direction, bigger direction, so to speak. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. An interesting thing to add here, um, you know, talking of personal experience. So my first one was to, you know, initially become a doctor, then leave medicine, then make a certain amount of money, achieved all of those. And I would argue that now I'm entirely between the two mountains with just a process goal of how I want to live each day and without a outcome, bigger mission. Like I'm living each day, you know, almost like I'm just living and I'm very content and happy, but I don't have a bigger thing. And I'm kind of waiting for it to manifest and appear. Maybe that's the wrong way. Maybe that's the right way, but it's certainly a very pleasant way to live. I'm very content in my lack of direction. You know, and it took me, um three years to be able to articulate it just the way that i did uh just then um and you know it was on psychedelics um when it crystallized um and it probably will change but it took a long time and it, there was a lot of like experimentation coaching being around people that i admire reading um and i think if you rush it then it might not be Right, you know, it has to really deeply resonate for a long period of time. So, uh, and if you're in a, a state of happiness and enjoying life in the process, then that's that's a beautiful place to be. Yeah, I think it, I kind of wrap this subject up. I, in my opinion, I think it just it requires a certain level of courage, like a level of being willing to deal with that discomfort of uncertainty. I don't have something initially to go, go, go into, especially as entrepreneurs like the driven types. Being able to sit with that discomfort and recognizing. 
in order for me to be able to find the next bigger thing, this is going to be the price of admission to me to sit with this uncertainty, not knowing exactly what I need to do and latch myself onto and go, go, go. I think really, if you're willing to pay that, that's the key. You hear that? Yeah, you know what? I picked that up. I did some mindset accelerator maybe twelve months ago. <laughs> Can't remember what it's called the the, the Coliseum or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for clarity, jokes aside, I did the arena, and, and that was almost. You know, I did a lot of other work, but it, that coincided pretty well. I mean, you know, you know what went on, and that was almost exactly that: having the courage to not seek external validation and not drive, 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 and go, go, go. I want to I want to segue to something because this is interesting. What Emil's saying about the arena and how he's saying Max, you know. So Max and I started working together when I was pretty much just starting out and kind of putting my IP and my process together and so on. And one of Emil's favorite parts of the arena was clarifying the mission down into values and rules and to being able to like clarify what do you need to actually keep a track on. And what was interesting because when Max and I started working together, we had not I had not had thought of using it as an actual tracker and tracking on a week to week basis. It was like okay, let's kind of figure this out and go from there. And Max was came up with the suggestion, like, hey, what if we create a tracker, like an actual tracker, we can like click and like grade ourselves one to 10. And how am I keeping aligned with these things that if I get tens on them, it's aligned to my mission the thing that I really want. And I thought it was a very great thing to do. So I jumped on his idea and we went with it. And I thought about it from a very pragmatic perspective, I'm like, oh, this will help people accomplish what they want to accomplish. What was very surprising for me was when I saw you do a video about it, and I think you said it, it was mainly, it made you happy. It gave you a lot of happiness. And I'd love to hear your perspective on this because that was exactly not the way I thought about it. Like the, the outcome I thought that would produce. Um, well, I guess um, my tracker, I feel like, you can kind of reverse, reverse engineer the mission, the person that you want to be, the qualities that you yep. admire, the people that you admire, the, the long-term goals all down into like weekly habits. And so assuming that you can follow these habits every week, then you should be on your path to becoming someone that you really admire. And like the sense of admiration in yourself, being an in integrity to your values, building your self-esteem to me is like the highest correlated to happiness. And so the mm -hmm. idea was that if you've set your tracker correctly, and you're getting tens, then you should feel pretty internally good about yourself and happy as a result. Um, and that's why at the end of it, I track my happiness and I wanna show myself that there's a high correlation between um, these things. And obviously things influence like bad sleep, you know, stress in the business, um, you know, relationship things, those can all influence happiness. So like, it's not like a perfect correlator, but like long-term it should be correlated. And if it's not, then maybe I need to adjust the tracker. That, that's kind of how I think about it. Yeah, I think what you said there is you said it's something that's very, very interesting because a big topic these days, is like, how can I be more happy? And a lot of it is people are saying, I want to feel this. I want to feel that. I want to feel this. And you're taking a lot more responsibility for it, personal responsibility, because the way you view happiness is saying, if I'm doing things that I'm proud of, I'm integrity with, if I'm doing these outputs, then I can give myself permission to be happy with myself and happy with the world, so to speak. And it, it's a very, it's like, I really like it. It's a very different approach than what most it's called like, you know, self-help or whatever it may be is nowadays. Emil, I feel like yeah, you want to jump into this. Sorry, go ahead, Max. Uh, you, no, you go, go, Max. No, you go, Emil. Um, I didn't have anything specific, but you can see the cogs were in, uh, Itamar. 
happiness is a very interesting topic. Like it's very hard to, to measure, to gauge. So I'd be super curious to know if it did correlate. I assume it, I assume it did. Um, and I don't like the word happiness. It has these, you know, let's have a birthday party kind of connotations, but <laughs> you know, it's like, what is happiness? And for me, part of happiness, I prefer the word contentedness or peace is being okay when everything isn't positive and up and, and whatever else. And maybe then you can still be aligned with your values and actually be content, even if shit's hitting the fan. Um, so yeah, that, that was kind of what I was thinking. I didn't want to go off on a tangent during this podcast because this is a whole different topic, but that's, I've been thinking about that a lot. But I think Max, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. Sorry, but again, this is, I want to clarify this with, with Emil. I feel like you're saying, even if shit hits the fan, you can be happy because you're content with what you're doing and how you're acting. And because yeah. of that, you have that control over it, so to speak. Would that be accurate? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and that, you know, that's kind of how I define happiness. Like happiness is living in alignment with your values and, you know, and being of self-esteem, like. I don't look at it as like the fleeting moment of like joy or like, um, you know, winning the lottery and things like that. I mean, more just like, just how do you feel internally when you wake up? Like, do you feel like, um, you know, your subconscious and your conscious are in alignment? Um, you feel like that you're proud about the person that you're becoming. Do you feel like you're working towards a mission that feels like aligned to you? You know, those are the things that I think about with happiness. Um, and when things do go wrong, like, you know, I've, I've been having some health challenges this year and like my, my sleep's been off. Um, and sometimes the tracker starts to drop and I can feel it in myself. And then once I start to like put more mindfulness into it and go, cool, cool. I'm, I am going to work harder on my eating. I'm, you know, I'm still going to do the walking and the exercising and I'm going to call my parents every week and you know, the little silly things. And then at the end of the week, I just feel prouder about myself and, you know, it's just, you know, and I also, Another interesting thing is um, the more I'm on mission and the more that I'm like living in alignment to my tracker, like the easier life becomes. And it's like almost hilarious. Um, like I'll go to an event and people like chase me like, Max, we got to catch up. Like we need to start a business together. Hey, can we pay you for this thing? I'm like, what? Like this wasn't happening like a month ago. Um, but there's just like something in your energy. And uh, and I've, people have kind of shared that with me where they're like, you know, that was like profound, you know, meeting you. I could just see you were just so excited about life and so excited about what you're doing. And you had so much conviction. Um, and that can happen when it's all in alignment. You, you know, you just are like, you're just oozing confidence and excitement and, and people are like, I want that. Like, uh, and so they want to be around it. So yeah, there's something pretty cool that happens. That's so fun. What, what I find really interesting listening to you and how, your choice of vernacular and how it's different to you than most is when you're saying like a living in aligned life, it's not just waiting for alignment to happen to me, like have an aligned life. It's living. It's an active thing that you're really putting intention into and effort into. And that's why it's getting that result. Which I think most people here like living in an aligned and happy life. They're like, Oh, then I should just wake up and things should just be great and happy. And that should be easy. And just come to me. It's kind of like a passive, you know what I mean? Passenger. Totally. This is very different, man. It's really cool how you're thinking about it. I like it. Yeah. You know, I think like, um, if you're like the most spiritual, spiritually advanced human in the world, then theoretically you can be, um, not using your conscious mind and just live in alignment with your subconscious and your subconscious is taking, 
you know, it's it's removed all of the impulsivities that we've evolved with and it's removed all of the traumas and it's removed all of like the short-term thinking and it's just perfectly acting in alignment to the values. And theoretically that's possible, um, but for me it's not. And so I have to use a balance of intuition and cognition to like um, decision make. And I impulsively make bad decisions still and I still have to check in for that. And emotionally I'll be reactive sometimes and I'll be like, this isn't right. And then the next day I'll be like, no, nah, you know what actually it was. I, I just was tired or I just was hungry. And so I have to look into both to make decisions. Um, and that's why I have to have some practice to like balance my decision-making. Yeah. I think it's spot on. It's like, I don't think it's like, I'll put it this way. I've never seen anybody that's able to exactly know what they should be doing and always have that top of mind instinctually, not a top of mind, but like instinctually in a subconscious level come out every time. I just, I haven't seen it. I don't think it's really possible if you're trying to evolve as a human. If you're trying to stay exactly where you are, then that's what you're going to do. But if you do have a mission where you want to grow beyond your current version of yourself and want to have this kind of internal evolution and growth, you have to have intentionality there. Because if you're otherwise, you would just already be there, so to speak. You wouldn't have to do that growth with intentionality. And what's really interesting, when we did the tracker, we back then we only focused on like what are the things you need to do, the outputs. And what you're saying right now, this is interesting because we've added this into the tracker later for the, in the arena where we figure out what are people's subconscious, negative subconscious pulls? What are their main insecurities or main desires that can pull them in the wrong direction that they don't keep in check? And being really aware of like, what are my top things that could pull me away from what I intentionally know I should do? It's really powerful because it's kind of like, okay, when I go down this street, I can expect that this pothole is over here and I can avoid it. And it's kind of like putting all that in a more flush direction. So it's cool to see how, like, how it also evolved since we worked together back in the day. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, yeah I'm a big believer in, in general of like what you don't do is often more important than what you do do. How do you say, what do you feel that way as far as the tracker, like this context? What do you mean by that? So, for example, I don't uh, watch YouTube, TV, Netflix, video games, unless I'm in the company of friends. And yeah. I've, you know, we worked, actually, this was a big thing that we worked on. I forgot about this. I came into the yeah. first call and I said, I'm addicted to this video game, Clash Royale and YouTube. And you're like, okay, well, like, why don't you just stop using it for the day and just use it after 7 p.m.? I'm like, that doesn't work. <laughs> and I was basically <laughs> wanting you to tell me to cut it from my life. That I like, and I knew that that was the right decision intuitively, but I just hadn't come to terms with it. And we tried a bunch of different systems. And ultimately, I was just like, okay, I, it was actually um, uh, about 14 months ago that, or 15 months ago that I deleted Clash Royale. I contacted the company. This is a video game I was obsessed with. And I contacted them. I'm like, delete my account. I don't want to ever have access to this account because it was, you know, months of work in this account. <laughs> um, and it was like this, it was this, uh, it was this crazy turning point. And I can honestly pinpoint that that moment as one of the most significant moments in my life um, of, of the last few years in terms of like a positive turning point where I just created this mental space to start doing more. So, you know, I track skill on my tracker. And even though I get a 10 every week, it's just like, did I break that rule? Because like, you know, another one is like no caffeine or, you know, like there might be just things. Am I more curious than uh, trying to be interesting. Um, I'm, I'm more interested than being interesting. You know, that's, an, that's another example of like, I can sometimes find myself yeah. getting too excited and talking too much. Like I probably am this podcast and uh, I should ask more questions because I already know what I think. 
So, you know, that's another example of like something that maybe I need to reinforce as a behavior that could benefit me. Yeah. The clash was a very interesting experience for me as a coach as well. Do you mind if we dig into it a little bit? I can share my perspective it. on it. Let's do it. I, I was struggling because I was like, I know he shouldn't be doing this. There's no way this is like building him towards what he wants. And I remember because my challenge with you, honestly, was you, you're an extremely talented individual. And you were able to get really good external results despite doing something that wasn't serving you, like on a, on, an, on a holistic level. Like Clash was in no way really moving you forward, but you were still able to get the results that you wanted. And it was very challenging for me as somebody who wanted what's best for you to confront you with the truth that will say, okay, maybe I should stop doing this. And for like our first, I think it was first four or five sessions, I remember like after each session, it would piss me off. Cause it's like, I'm not getting through to him. And I, and I, it's not because he's not listening because I haven't found an avenue to get through to him, but this doesn't serve him. And finally, when we nailed in the, the internal mission of live every day with full integrity and produce a level of output I admire, I was like, ha, you cannot do this and do this. And you were like, oh yeah, that's right. I can't actually do that. And once you were able to really come like peace with that internal mission, then you recognize, okay, this is not fit anymore. And the, I will say this to like other people out there who are really high achieving and are just are able to honestly get away with certain bad habits. It's like if you have an external mission, you might be able to get away with them. But what was really, I think, very great about your internal mission is that it really forced you to kind of see through that lens of, is this actually going to do that? Internally, can I say, I gave it my all. I produced a level of output I admired. Full integrity. And for me, when we figured that out, it made coaching like you and helping you get to the next level almost a downhill battle because you could self-motivate yourself because you had clarity and okay, these are the things that I need to focus on. Does that make sense? Definitely. And yeah, I mean, for me, part of integrity is like living in alignment with your professed values, but also your subconscious values. And if I saw someone playing video games daily and there's nothing wrong with it, but it, I just didn't admire it. Um, and so there was some element of myself where I wasn't admiring my own behavior. And if like other people can do it and that's totally fine. But for me internally, for whatever reason, there was something in my inner monologue that just didn't feel good about myself when I did it. It just felt a little like dirty. And I, and I like, and there was kind of like yeah. a, I've noticed there's like a five day window of like, once I remove like a dopamine addictive behavior, like video games, like YouTube, Netflix, whatever it is, um, where my brain's like, Oh, I've got a free minute, YouTube. Uh, I've got a free minute clash. Yeah. And then after five days, it just stops thinking about that. And so I used to think it's 20 minutes a day, it's 30 minutes a day, like what's the big deal? But it's like two hours of like cognitive load and it's like hours of creativity. And it's like, you know, and it's like showing up when you're with someone, it's like, are you interested in them or are you just waiting to get to your phone again? So like, how am I actually showing up in the world? Am I interested in the people around me? I'm excited to socialize, I'm excited to do things. And so, the flow on effect is so much more than the 20 minutes that you play. Um, and I think that a lot of people, myself included, didn't realize how significant the flow on effects were. Uh, and when I removed it, it was like, uh, it's so obvious that I can't go back and I love it. Like yeah. I miss it. It doesn't mean that I don't love it. It doesn't mean that it wasn't giving me value. Like I absolutely love it. I just think it's like a, a, a piece of mastery on gaming and and dopamine addiction <laughs> but it's just you know but i can't handle it and it is what it is yeah it's just it's not aligned with your internal mission exactly like that then the day it's 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 that clear i, yes. I want to pull on that thread and kind of go in a different direction because once 
you locked in your internal mission. Like you had this really big thing that you're like, if something, I don't remember exactly how to say it. I don't want to say this the wrong way, but basically if something isn't really smooth, if it requires too much effort or there's too much friction in it, you were like, I don't want to do it. I want to find a, find a way around that, be resourceful and figure out if there's another way to do it. Would that be accurate? Yeah. And for me, that was really hard, honestly, on a personal level. Because I also came from like, a personal background. Like sometimes it's hard shit. You got to do hard shit. And, but it was also, sorry, Bill, go for it. I, I remember a conversation we had, uh, you and I, where we were literally talking about you doing hard shit and you were doing it for the sake of doing hard shit. And I was like, maybe there is a middle yeah. ground. Maybe you don't need to yeah, do yeah. hard shit for the sake of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. Opposite extremes, perhaps. You too. Exactly. Yeah. So what I, I absolutely didn't want to do is put my stuff onto you. But I also recognized that I felt, like, I felt like you were leaving some stuff on the table. And it got to a place where we were saying, okay, like you have this really big mission. For example, I remember there were a lot of stuff about um, conservation for animals and all that kind of jazz. And we recognized, okay, some of the stuff that you want to accomplish, it's going to require you to do some hard things. Like things that they will have friction in it and it's not going to flow. And I would love for you to share kind of your process on how you were able to like, and I think in that video that I mentioned, you said like, okay, I realized that some things are worth it, even though they're really going to suck. And just kind of share your process around that. Yeah, you know, I think my perspective was, and and it has evolved a little bit, but there's some, there's a lot of this that, that remains, and maybe we can unpack that. But um, you you know, there's that Bill Gates quotes where it's like, if you want something done, give it to the, the laziest person. Yeah, you know, I I am that laziest person, or like, uh, and so I I obsess over efficiency and I obsess over optimization probably more than anyone that I've come across. And I, I just like love it. Like I just love when something like is automated. Like it's just it's just so satisfying for me. And I'll work really hard. Can I jump in to give people context, Max? Like Max has, yeah. I think you have two chargers on each side of your bed, so you don't have to actually like decide which side you're going to roll onto the bed to charge your phone. And like it's it's to that level of optimization in his house and everything. Exactly. Like I I just bought I just replaced my shoes with shoes that I can step in without having to bend over. <laughs> um, you know, I just bought like an instant hot water so that I get like my hot water, auto, like automated for tea. Like, um, I just, you know, I love that, you know, that's just what I like. I don't know. It's like a weird hobby yeah. of mine. And so sometimes something that I want to do can't be automated. Or for example, right now, um, I'm on a specific diet for my gut and it takes a long time to cook these meals. And so I often just don't. And then I eat slightly off plan because I'm in the background trying to find someone that can cook for me. Um, I think like my perspective is I don't mind doing hard things for hard, hard things. You know, I don't mind like running a marathon for the perspective of doing a marathon, but I hate doing things inefficiently when I feel like they could be done more effectively to the point that it can actually um, stop me from doing something that I should do. For example, just cooking the meals that I should eat for my gut. Um, but in the background, I'm like speaking to as many chefs as I can. And, you know, and now I've got an, I've hired an EA that's found the chef. Cause I realized that if I didn't, if I hired the chef and then they quit, then I would have to go back to the drawing board. But if I had a static EA, like they could just continually replace the chef. Yeah. And so it's taken me quite a while to solve this and I'm still in the, I'm getting a delivery on Thursday. So hopefully it's solved, but in the process, I barely cooked. And so I think one of your challenges to me was like, you need to support your gut. Just cook the food that you're meant to be eating. And um, that can be challenging for me for whatever reason. Yeah. 
I think for me, my big thing was let's not lose focus of what the actual goal is. Like the optimization of the efficiency is a way to get you towards that goal, but it's not the goal in of itself. And I felt like sometimes, and this is not just you, this is everybody in this kind of stuff. We can get lost in that. Remembering that this is a pathway. It's not actually the goal. So it's like, we can't fall in love with just this pathway. You know what I mean? Sometimes people end up optimizing more for the pathway than the actual goal. And that's what I felt sometimes would happen. Cause like you're denying gotcha. yourself what you actually really want on the high level by being focused on how to get there, making it the most efficient. But like the end of the day, it's like, this is what you want. This is the prize. Totally. I, you know, I think something that I try to do is like, how do I get everything that I want and make it as easy as possible? Um, and you know, for good or for bad, that maybe sometimes adds things, but it also sometimes takes things away. Yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, let's put it this way. I think on a, on a macro level, I think like there's no denying the results that it's gotten you. It's just that also just to recognize at some point, like it's to get what I want and if possible, make it as easy as possible. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. Go for it. I think about this a lot because I'm similar to you, Max. I optimize everything, like what I wear, like how I travel, all these kind of things, um, similar, you know, chef and all these things. Um, I think I, the way I approach it is you've got a certain amount of bandwidth to do hard things. And I would rather not spend that bandwidth cooking my meals. I can cook my meals. I can expend some points of bandwidth on that, but then I can't do other things which are more important, like train hard, right? So that is your know, perspective where both things are kind of, they're, they're not mutually exclusive, they're aligned. Um, but yeah, if you're missing the wood for the trees and say for months and years, you're optimizing this process of having these meals created, but for months and years, you're not actually eating them, then yes, that's, that's where this falls apart a little bit. But I, I see where you're coming, where you're both coming from. And I yeah. think it's not mutually exclusive. Yeah. I think like the thing that um, I was hung up on at the time was, I wanted a personal trainer that could come to my house and I had this amazing <laughs> trainer, the best trainer in Australia, maybe, but I had to go drive like 15 minutes to see him. And I was just like, I can't solve finding an amazing personal trainer that will come to me. And, and, and I was like, just drive the 15 minutes. It was like, getting I didn't the know how you far want. it was. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I, I, when you pointed it out, I thought it was a two hour drive. Like when we talked about yeah. it and then I asked you, so how far is it? You were 15 minutes. I was like, Max, just go 15 minutes. Problem solved. That's like less bandwidth yeah. than this. And like, I think that, yeah, there's times where I get like caught up in like, but I could make it better. And so I could just be also going to see the great person trainer in the meantime as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great solution to like how you're saying it basically on a principle level to say, okay, I'll do the thing right now that gets actually the result. But while I'm doing that, it doesn't mean that I'm stuck in that. And that's just what I'm going to do. In the meantime, I can also figure out how I can optimize it. Yeah. You know I mean? And I think also potentially achieving some level of success makes you a little lazier in general. Cause you know, I used to drive to gym every day and now I've got a home gym. Um, and, uh, you know, I just did it. I drove to the gym every day. I didn't like it. I was like, I always fantasized about having a home gym, but now to like have to drive to a gym again is like, it feels like, it, you know, additional burden. And I guess that can come with like other things as well now. Where it's like I'm, I've, I did this to create life X, and if I, if I can't solve for life X, then I just sometimes should do it, but uh, I'm a little slow on it. 
Yeah. I think we all experience this as we graduate in success. It's our ego also gets built. It's the more we can kind of bend the world to get what we want, the less it's easy for us to not accept that we can always bend the world. And it's yeah. like, if I can't bend it, I'm not playing. I'm taking my ball and going home, so to speak. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think it's a really thing to watch out for is like, we all become more successful to recognize it's not, it's our ego is always going to be there. It's like, it's growing with us and it's something to always be cautious of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cool. All right. So I want to kind of wrap this up, but before I do, I want to ask you one last question, Max, because it was very interesting that video that you posted, you talked about your experience with several coaches. And the one that you mentioned in the last one, you said he was a very good coach. He's a very capable coach. He worked with your, uh, with two of your executives, but he didn't actually get them the results and you guys had to part ways. And like, as you said, at the beginning like mentorship coaching has been a big thing for you. I'd love to hear your perspective on what do you think now after like all this experience, what, how can people know the fit? Not if a coach is good, because like you said, that's not really that relevant thing, but is it a fit for them? And is it going to help them? If you have any perspective on this. I mean, I guess for me, I, in finding you, I worked with six or seven or like I sampled six or seven coaches. And I remember when Emil made the recommendation and I was kind of like, I pushed back a little bit. I'm like, dude, I've spoken to a lot of people. Like how confident are you? And he's like, just have a chat. I think you guys will get along. Um, and uh, so I think there is just kind of like a synergy. And for me personally, um, I like working with people that I, like respect or admire in some way um and it comes it comes like that in all professions or things you know same with my personal trainer if the personal trainer is amazing but like they're not like living and breathing it themselves it's hard for me to like um yeah. you know the more you live something the more weight your words have um the best advice in the world said by someone that's not living it it still falls flat and so that's something that i look for in my coach someone that like i felt like is living and breathing it um and i guess being clear on like outcomes as well which can be challenging but i think i picked um a more theoretical philosophical coach for my exec team when they needed a tactical coach and they were like yeah mm. we're enjoying this it's good it's you know we like it and it's like this is like really expensive and the company is like having its worth period ever so it's like i don't know what it's doing but it's definitely not like translating to results um and so and I'm, I'm sure he's amazing and I'm sure he, like, he clearly is amazing. He's worked with some incredible people, but I just think for what, uh, like what I was trying to get and what he was good at, I hadn't like figured it out. And so I made a mistake on that. Yeah, that's great. Emil, do you have any thoughts on this? I feel like you're kind of nodding along. Yeah. I mean, I, this whole conversation, we could, you know, go Joe Rogan on it and make through, make it three hours. Um, <laughs> but we talk about this a lot where there's a lot of, and I don't know who this guy is, so it's not, not against him, but there's a lot of stuff in this, in this game where it's about almost catharsis, making you feel warm and fuzzy and like, yeah, it's pleasant. It's enjoyable, but without the hard, effective outcomes. Outcome. Um, and it, I suppose the question is how to, how to find someone, how to find a coach who will deliver the outcomes. And are you one willing to be open to the hard work that is required to get there and, and, I suppose, yeah, the discomfort of that, because you could either feel warm and fuzzy, do 10 sessions and great, you feel warm and fuzzy, but without a result, or you can dig in 
be confronted, be challenged, have the ego poked and actually get the result. And I suppose choosing which one you want to do, how important the result is to you and knowing what result you want, as you mentioned, is important. Yeah, I think to simplify it and say something that's honestly a bit more, more, I don't want to say harsh, but more true. It's like also some people need to clarify if they actually want that result or not. Like I was saying, some people like would gravitate. I just want to feel like I'm doing it. I can give myself that like pat on the back and know that. And some people actually are about it, so to speak. And that's a big thing. Like Max is absolutely about it. You know what I mean? And that's that's the difference. And it's recognizing that. Cool. So I kind of want to I want to summarize kind of what I heard from you, Max. And I'd love to hear if you feel that what I understood and how your perspective on this is correct, or if there's things I missed or things you want to add on. Sounds good. Good. Cool. So long-term mission is a byproduct of having both an internal mission and then an external vehicle you can attach that to. Otherwise, if you only have an external thing, it becomes a, lo- a short-term thing that you kind of outgrow, like the financial independence in your early life. Would that be accurate? Yeah. And in order to do that, you have to be okay with this period of not knowing, of not being fully clear. Like for you, it was a lot of you work with coaches, I think you said uh, journaling, um, psychedelics. Just like you have to be accept that there's going to be that kind of gap and give yourself the space to figure it out. Yeah. Accurate till now? Great. Yeah. Um, the, th- the second thing is, is that living a happy life isn't waiting for ha- to feel happy. It's living is a really active thing that you can take charge of. And by doing things that you're proud of and living with a certain level of integrity, that's how you can say, okay, like no matter how Emil said, the chaos around me, I can still be happy because I know I'm doing the right things and I can be proud of myself. And that proud gives me peace of mind. And that peace, like Naval said, like peace is happiness at rest, basically. It's kind of that. I agree. Tell that? Cool. Yeah. And the final thing is, I think it's like you want to optimize, but you can't lose uh, the trees from the forest. Like at the end of the day, it's like if the thing you're trying to optimize for is here and you just got to go get it, sometimes you got to go get it. But also remember, like you still have the ability after you're doing it, after it's already serving, you can still figure out how I can optimize it. And I think that's how it can kind of be worked around to make sure that you're not, how as Emil says, they're kind of like in this mental loop of like, oh, I'll just keep doing this until one day and not actually doing it. But also you don't have to give up the ability to do things in a better fashion. Does that make sense? Cool. Is there anything you want to cool. add, man? Any kind of like last thoughts you want to share with people? Someone who hasn't done this before, you see some capable individuals, but they're not taking time to be intentional or this or that, or just any general thoughts, man? I think like w- one thing that was helpful in like discovering mission for me is um, uh, like, I, I, you know, you know, Miro, the online whiteboard? Um, no. Uh, you, basically it's like an online whiteboard and you can just drag and drop things around and i love whiteboards like i in my house in melbourne i got whiteboards everywhere and i now i've got like three whiteboards here but um i think it was like you know i think i was on psychedelics um but that's i was in a i was in a philosophical state and i was just kind of like writing like uh, ideas and, and i think yeah one thing that stood out for me was that was helpful was just writing down a, a list of people that i admire um, and there could be people in your own life. It could be friends. It could be, um, you know, mentors, coaches. It could be people online. And, and then looking at all the traits that you admire about them and then looking at the intersection of all of those traits 
Because I do think that those that you admire hold clues to the person that you want to become. Um, and no one's going to perfectly encapsulate the person that you want to become. But like, you know, some of my people um, was like, I think we spoke about Aubrey Marcus um, yeah. back in the day. And Aubrey Marcus still and, and the guy from the Fountainhead as well, Rourke. I forgot the name. Howard Rock. Yeah, I've got, sure, I yeah. actually literally just got some Howard Rock art that I use AI nice. to generate that I'm putting up on nice. the world. It's, it's super cool. Um, but, you know, if I look at those people like Howard Rock, perfect integrity, like uh, very clear, like mission. But Aubrey Marcus, that really balanced life of like love and health and mission alignment businesses and content creator. And I do think that there's hidden signals in there once you deep dive into that, even just from the people around you, who are the friends that you admire as well. And like looking at the consistencies there, um, that can unlock um, some ideas around like what could be next for you if you're finding that mission. Yeah. Stoke, man. It's very well said. Emil, any last words? No last words because we could go off on another tangent, but that was, that was, yeah, there was a lot of good value there. Yeah. I'll say, uh, Max, thank you for having, for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Um, I also, I watch your YouTube channel. I learned a lot on the business side. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll have all the links in the show notes below for everybody to check it out. And that's it, man. Thank you, Max. Appreciate it. It was, it was honestly a real pleasure working with you back in the day. It's a pleasure still staying in touch and awesome to see you doing well, man. Uh, I love the chat. It was a transformative experience for me, and um, yeah, I appreciate it. Cool. Good to see you, brother. All right, see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. Please tell a friend if you enjoyed it and found value in it. Three last things before you go, though. If you feel like someone else with your exact skill set and abilities could be accomplishing more than you currently are, that's a mindset and emotional access issue. And here are three ways I'd love to help you conquer any internal limitations, go big, and win. One, three quick ideas Tuesday newsletter. It's a weekly email with three quick ideas around one aspect of elite performance and how to approach it differently to get better and faster results. People say it's the most thought-provoking and impactful two minutes they spend in their inbox each week. It's easy to sign up to and easy to cancel, and you can sign up at edamomryan.com slash three ideas. Two is the Emotional Fortitude Micro Course. It will help you build the emotional fortitude and confidently tackle any goal. It's the complete, nothing held back, emotional fortitude system in five simple parts. It's all under five minutes each module. See it, use it, and win. And it's completely free at edamarmorani.com slash course. And number three, lastly, if you want to dive in and aggressively level up, the Arena Mindset Accelerator might be for you. It's a six-week intense sprint for entrepreneurs who are up for a dramatic transformation. It's an interactive live program where you'll be working with me in a very hands-on way to get clarity on what you want, build an effective mindset to optimize for your goals, and establish elite emotional fortitude that would allow you to overcome any fear or doubt that could get in your way. You can learn more at itamarmorani.com slash accelerator. You can find all of these links in the show notes below or go to itamarmorani.com and have a look around. Until next time, who dares wins. Who dares wins.